Welcome to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. My name is Jeremy Wiseman. I'm joined by Jerry Cria. Jerry, I'm remote this week, but uh, I believe it's still going to be a fantastic show. You sound uh, great, Jeremy. Week, thank you, thank you. Last week, we talked about Canadian miners calling for Canada to say that silver is a critical metal. This week, we've got another country getting into the mix asking for the same thing. We also have uh, Germany dips into recession, so we want to have a bit of a recession talk. And uh, we also have another country jumping in saying that gold could go to $2,300 an ounce this year, despite any other things that could be happening. Um, they're really adamant about that. So we'll get into that as well. Again, the number one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. Jerry, what else do you have uh, on schedule for today? Well, the recession is definitely on the table because uh, just this week uh, there was some reports from the U.S. In fact, one of their favorite, of course, is their favorite. It's their economic activity gauge that's signaling no recession for the mighty U.S. Whereas major economies around the world are seeing this ramping up, recession is here. Um, we're going to go into the numbers and why we're not seeing a recession yet in, in the U.S., um, that letter, yeah, we talked about last week, the, the letter to the uh, Natural Resources Canada highlighting the importance of silver. Now it's again being highlighted in silver. Silver is just across the table. It's filling up my table here, Jeremy. The news on silver is astounding. And to not to see a muted market, markets were really flat this week. Uh, 2030 gold was, was hovering around that around this very tight channel this week, despite FOMC, Federal Open Market Committee, meeting this week, Wednesday, that sort of, you know, uh, reiterated this this need to keep rates higher for longer, this narrative. Meanwhile, we believe, and along with Moody's and Analytics, they are reporting that this week, if you play this game of higher for longer, there's a lot of risk. So we're going to get into these risks and... I think we're going to have to talk about what counterparty risk Jeremy is. I think we're just going to go into that discussion a little later as well. Sure. Let's let's start with uh, UBS and the idea that why is playing the game of higher for longer risky? Uh, yeah, this is um, this is a very risky path, and this is you know as we're seeing inflation being moderately revised lower. Um, there is a great risk. Now, this is coming from the chief economist of Moody's Analytics. And um, Moody's, obviously, one of the biggest and most influential credit rating agencies that monitor the U.S. health, obviously, over the past couple of years with the rising of interest rates, the, tight, that the, um, the tightening that was being done. Um, we saw the U.S. lose their AAA credit rating um, in, the, in, in, in all that mess up. But uh, the chief market strategist, Mark Zandi, said the longer they wait, the greater the risk that something goes off the rails. Now, this is a very general statement because we're talking about a train here. We're just picturing this train uh, going down the tracks. And I just remembered, you know, just this I was watching. <laughs> I was watching this week with my kids back to the future three, this train just barreling down the, the train tracks on fire heading towards a cliff. And this is exactly what's happening. The risks are there. Um, and, you know, when they're. When the Federal Reserve is is trying to land this and have a, a soft landing um, to try to tighten the economy up, but um, you know not printing money, 
but loosening, there's just trapped between a rock and a hard place. And this is what Moody's is saying, that this is the greatest risk when we're looking at where they're at and trying to cool inflation. It's, it, it looks like they're winning, but we know that they're revising the numbers. They've always constantly re- revised um, in their favor, and it's just not going to work out. This kind of reminds me when we talked a lot last year about the pivot, there were a lot of analysts in the market. Um, and, and to be honest, most of them have admitted that they were wrong, that they didn't think that it would get this far. Um, but they would talk about the fact that it doesn't really matter what the Fed does. They are caught between a rock and a hard place that, you know, you can't tighten the economy. You're going to tank the economy. Um, and if you lower interest rates or print money, you're going to have hyperinflation at some point. So there's there's no way out for them. And that's what was being echoed here, I think, by Moody's. And you just kind of wonder, why do you think people are still buying the narrative that they're selling? Because at this point, it's all they have is narrative. And that's just it. It's a big narrative, and it's the narrative that um, you know, many people are signaling that the, the jig is up. We see through it when you're telling the Canadian public that inflation is getting is is, is under control. That we're now you know down from three and a half down to two point nine percent inflation. The, we, we're we're shouting and we're cheering victory. That we're we're actually bringing this inflationary storm down. That's not the case when we look at average household debt household spending is down, retail sales are down. You know, it looks like 2024, what we're seeing right now is the year of extreme cost cutting and layoffs around the world, around um, corporate America. You know, you know, successfully, they, they touted that these, these companies are now offering, offering raises, 10% raises. Well, obviously, they're offering 10% raises because they're, they're matching around the, where the ballpark real world inflation is. But then shortly after they receive this, this, this raise, this gift of 10%, then come the layoffs. So this is real world. It's hitting real people. And the narrative is up. And then these institutions are just, I think, you know, being trapped. They're going to continue to push this as long as they can do it before something breaks. And then they're going to be having – and then when something breaks, they will cut interest rates. And they will say, well, we had to. We're now justified to cut interest rates. And that's when the precious metals – uh, the coiled spring in silver begins to let loose and precious metals will ascend to new highs. We are in, as Jim Rickards called it, we are in the midst of the third cycle in the gold and silver bull market. We have two cycles prior to this, and this third cycle should bring gold. Um, if we use the two prior simple averages of you know, the 70s and the 2000s, that brings gold at around 15,000 an ounce in a couple of years by 2026. So the, the market here is about positioning into something that's safe and position as well for some topside potential that will drive your portfolios where they need to go to beat inflation, to beat the taxes that are coming down the pike. There's more taxes coming up April 1st in Canada, another 17 cents for your gasoline. Let's, let's squeeze us even further. And these are the policies that are just driving Canadians, driving the global citizenry away from the sham, <laughs> And into into real and into real assets like gold and silver, Jeremy. Yeah, you have to be really 
careful with the money you do have because with inflation and taxation, there's a, there's less of it to go around. So you really have to be careful with how you're going to use your funds these days. And physical gold and silver are hard assets that don't have any counterparty risk, as we'll get into a little later. So it's more about protecting wealth at this point. And the number one eight seven seven eight silver, the website guildhallwealth.com. You know, Jerry, we were talking about. Uh, you brought up a lot of stuff there. Um, with regard to the Federal Reserve. I do think that maybe part of the lull right now in the metals is the expectation of when are they going to, perhaps they're coming around to a little higher for longer. And of course, when interest rates come down, it's more exciting for, for, for gold. It's more attractive because when you're not getting an interest, when you're not getting interest, then gold is going to be more attractive. Um, the other thing is you were talking about uh, we we were discussing the Federal Reserve and their ability to push a narrative. And it's interesting because this week you had Trudeau talking about, um, you know, conspiracy theorists are ruining the mainstream. And what I thought was ironic is he looked like he was on a podcast when he was <laughs> going on that rant. And then at the same time, you see companies like Vice going out of business, or at least their online business is, is done, and they're firing tens of thousands of people. And this is happening across the board in many mainstream news outlets. So perhaps they can say that their Wall Street and their financialized system is great. The real world and Main Street is is thinking something completely different, right? So perhaps the, the narrative is being, there are holes in that narrative now and people aren't quite believing it. Um, I think that the Fed will have to shift at some point, and as you mentioned, that the, their game will be up, and it will become very obvious. The question is, is at that point, Jerry, is there going to be metal for people to get involved in? Well, I believe when we start breaking up over the support levels for gold, obviously being around the $2,200 mark and silver, that notorious $30 mark, that would indicate, okay, let's time. it's time for the rest of the market to participate and jump into a finite, a finite uh, supply of precious metals, even more finite for silver with open pit mining now being a reality in Mexico, the number one you know, country for mining this essential critical mineral, this metal. So we know that the smaller items like the, the silver maples, the coins, and the 10-ounce bars usually go first. So keep an eye on, on those items on our e-store at guildhallpreciousmetals.com to see what we have in stock because when you see us taking that down or saying, you know, for a couple of weeks delivery, that's when you know things are tightening up and you're going to want, want to, you know, get involved and get in before the train leaves. It's, uh, as we always say, it's better to be a month early than a day late. And I do believe that right now we have a nice, uh, a nice, you know, you're buying at the 200-day moving average in gold near the 200-day in silver. I think silver's oversold at this point. I don't think it could get much cheaper. So I think you have an asymmetric trade in the precious metals as an entry level to get an entry point to get involved. So I would say better to be a month early than a day late. Gold has has hung in there above $2,000 an ounce. That's a great floor. 
Uh, the consensus is that is the floor in the market now. So if you're waiting for much cheaper prices, you're going to be waiting a long time. So consider getting involved in the market today. The number one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com. More to come on The Real Money Show on 640 Toronto. Welcome back to The Real Money Show. The number one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com. So, Jerry, we said we would talk about silver being a strategic metal, and I know we're going to have John Forrest Little on next week. He's really an expert in this uh, new new information that's coming to the market on on just how rare silver is and just how strategic it is in terms of using it um, for national security purposes. So get us up to date on, again, what happened last week with Canada and the miners, and then let us know what's going on this week as well. Yeah, of course. Uh, last week, huge news coming from a group of miners in association with the Silver Institute coming together and penning a petition to the uh, Canadian uh, National Resources, um, uh, National Resources Canada, rather, um, arguing for the inclusion for gold or silver to become a critical mineral and metal for Canada to protect the mining, to ensure that there is sustainability regarding the mining and more attention on the mining and how important. And they highlighted, with the help of the Silver Institute, obviously they look, they, they love to highlight the necessities of silver in things like electronics and photovoltaics being your solar. So that was last week and echoing this Im- important um, cry for, for elevating the importance of silver. Uh, we have a petition this week, this time from the United States. So that was huge. That came out this week, um, February the 14th, Jeremy. So this, um, this, this letter was an open letter to the Secretary of Energy. Her name is Jennifer Granholm. And it was you know, penned by, helped in association with John Force Little with Silver Academy. And it was a, it was a letter that you know, argues for the list of the Department of Energy's critical minerals to include um, silver in this list. And, and this will obviously affect the Defense Logistics Agency and their national stockpile. And, um, this, and what's their reasoning for why silver should be included in that? Industry primarily being aerospace, military, uh, silver's use, as we know, is growing significantly while stockpiles are disappearing right now at a blazing pace. And I think when we are looking at the geopolitical landscape, and they've, they've mentioned geopolitics in this, and energy, energy is a topic of major topic of conversation. We saw a couple weeks ago J.P. Morgan pulling the plug on their financing of um, environmental, um, sustainable, and governance. So energy has a lot to do with where we are right now and energy has a lot to do with silver silver has a lot to do with energy and geopolitics so this is all culminating right now and i believe this is even culminating because of what has been going on with brick nations moving and de-dollarizing and moving towards a resource driven economy no longer an economy driven by uh, paper promises we're looking for real tangible uh, things for to help growth um, this this obviously bleeds into what we've seen, what we're seeing this week with Germany. So ultimately, it has to do with the the critical importance because silver and they highlighted their top reasons why silver is used industrially. So they really go into in depth, being 
the exceptional, um, exceptional metal for thermal conductivity. There is silver surpasses all other metals in efficiently transferring heat. This is crucial for spacecraft, satellites, rockets, so geopolitical things that you are needed in national security issues uh, and topics. Um, electrical conductivity, corrosion resistance. Silver is unlike any metal. It doesn't re it corrode or rust. Reflective properties. Silver's highly reflectivity plays a role in heat dissipation and can be used for specific applications like thermal control coating. So it just goes on. And anything to do with elect electrical and the move towards solar. Um, solderability, ducted ductility, malleability, lubrication, the list goes on. And these are this is where the Department of Energy is concerned. Their national stockpiles, as the case since the 60s, has been dwindling, which is the reason why the Coinage Act of 1965 happened, to remove silver out of, out of you know, coin circulation, remove it out of our money. We, the people don't need it. We need it is what the industries are saying. So this is a huge um, revelation, once again, by the Silver Academy. I recommend the Silver Academy to anyone who really wants. If you are a silver investor and you're holding silver and you're holding physical silver or even mining, you want to follow the Silver Academy um, and, and understand why they're contrasting their views and why they're butting heads right now with the Silver Institute. It is a huge revelation for myself personally as a silver holder, but it's very important right now because energy is a key headline journey. The number one eight seven seven eight silver. The website guildhallwealth.com. You know, Jerry, we've always talked about silver and gold from a perspective of three pillars. Basically, you know, you've got the inflation hedge or creating money out of thin air, which is going to, um, you know, you've got more money chasing the same amount of goods. That means prices are going to rise. So you've got the inflationary side. But what you're pointing out here is the two other factors, which is the industrial side. Something that longtime listeners of the Real Money Show know very well, that we have listed off all of the industries that silver's used in and just how integral it is to all of those things. You drive a car, you watch TV, you use a computer, you turn on a light switch, anything electronic, anything digital, and a whole bunch of other uses, and it's always growing. So it's great to see that others are starting to come around to what we've been talking about for years. I love seeing that kind of come to fruition and that understanding starting to meet more uh, public understanding, public knowledge. The other aspect of it is the geopolitical. As we know, when you see um, kinetic wars start to happen or kinetic things start to happen, people are going to move to the precious metals as a safe haven. It could certainly be a driver at the time for one of the reasons why people will own precious metals. And what that comes down to really, when we're talking about safe haven for geopolitical reasons, is the fact that there is no counterparty risk. Countries, central banks, they want to make sure that they have their own wealth, that they don't depend on other people. So when you're seeing things like the US dollar being weaponized against one country and other countries saying, well, wait a minute, they could do it to us too. What do you see them do? You start to see them acquire physical gold and physical silver. If you see people who are concerned about central bank digital currencies, what is the option for them? They have to, they have to get rid of counterparty risk. They need to get out of that, and they have to move to gold and physical silver. So one of the ways that anybody can be involved in the market is to actually consider holding physical gold and silver in a registered account. And what we offer that's very different 
is that we allow clients to hold it physically. It's it's allocated to the client. It's held in a sub-account, which is segregated from all other holdings at the vault. So what you end up with in the end is outright owned physical precious metal held outside the banking system, but still inside your registered account. And to prove that, we have clients who, once their RSPs convert to RIFs, they actually take delivery of their physical metal as part of their tax-free uh, withdraws every year. So this just goes to show that when you're holding physical gold in an RSP or silver in an RSP, it really is your physical metal, and you actually have access to that product. And you can use that as a litmus test against other types of quote-unquote investments. It's not ownership, it's investment. If you go with a pool account, an ETF, a gold-backed fund, all of these things, you don't actually, you don't actually own anything. So that's the difference. What we offer is the ability for people to actually own their physical metal, just like central banks around the world are acquiring it for themselves, and just like these entities are calling for silver to be a strategic mineral as well. Jerry, last thoughts before we go to break? Yeah, that's huge, Jeremy. I believe that you know what we're talking about here is um, reduction and total abolition of counterparty risk. And when we talk about gold and silver here on The Real Money Show, we're talking about the real thing. We're talking about the physical it's important to remember this and that this remains this is, remains true. This is direct ownership for precious metals in your own account, in your own name, in your own sub-account at the vault, which you have access to. Now, if you buy a proxy, which, which is like an ETF, you're assuming that the issuer of the ETF has the physical metal to back the paper on hand. It doesn't. It may or may not. And that introduces more counterparty risk. And we're going to get into that a little bit more, Jeremy. But I just thought I'd throw in my two cents on that note. The number one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. Give us a call. We'll show you how it all works. We'll walk you through it. We love holding people's hands, just showing them how it all works. We're very transparent. So give us a call. Send us an email. We're, we're happy to show you how it all works. Again, the number one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. More to come on The Real Money Show on 640 Toronto. Welcome back to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. Remember, you should consider putting some, uh, if you haven't done it yet, you've got your contributions to your RSP um, for the end of the month. And one of the ways that I look at that, Jerry, is just, I just look at a very simple example of $10,000. If you're going to contribute $10,000 to a registered account, you're lowering your income by $10,000. So if you have, um, if you're at the 30% or 35% level and you contribute $10,000, you're going to get back $3,500 as part of your income, which is a great rebate against precious metals. So consider that. If you, if you like the price but you want it even cheaper, you could look to, to do that as well. Now, before the break, Jerry, we were talking about geopolitical risk and how countries around the world, central banks, are looking for ways to limit counterparty risk. So let's let's stay on that topic just a little bit longer, because someone might say, well, you know, why gold? It doesn't pay a dividend, right? Um, you know, it's not as an investment. It doesn't seem to make sense. So why is counterparty risk? So important when we're thinking about gold and silver as a or reasons to hold gold and silver well the counterparty risk topic comes up quite a bit and the risks out there far exceed the amount of risks that when this topic came out almost 10 years ago when I started in this industry the, the risks out there and in my opinion far outweigh 
you know, trying to chase yield, chase a 5% from a bond yield. Really, it's about mitigating and isolating oneself from the counterparty risks. De-dollarization is here. Uh, you know, cyber crime, cyber warfare, these are things that are on the table. We are hearing from the World Economic Forum. Their, their topics are constantly trying to push people towards digital. So when we're being forced into a digital realm of living, we're looking at trying to undigitize your wealth even. So these are even more topics because, you know, when we, when we talk about that, we have to really define this thing, counterparty risk. In a nutshell, it's the risk that a person or even institution on the other side of a transaction might not fulfill its obligation. When we talk about the bonds, we're assuming that the government will pay, pay you interest and then return your money invested at the end of the bond's term. But a government could be overthrown or couldn't be, you know, we've seen this happen. Um, this is election year. Anything can happen, all these risks. Um, and then as a result, you're accumulating, uh, the, the government is accumulating so much debt that it can't even repay all of, all of its bondholders, and that is counterparty risk. Even when a company, company issues stock, that company could go bankrupt, and that is counterparty risk. Even government-issued fiat currency, unbacked currency that is not backed by gold and silver has counterparty risk. People who have old Zimbabwe banknotes, Venezuelan uh, banknotes know this to be true. Gold and silver, on the other hand, have no counterparty risk. In fact, if you own physical, there is no other party involved. That means no counterparty risk. Precious metals don't depend on other people, institutions to give them value. We have intrinsic value in gold and silver. Nothing behind gold and silver can fail to render them valueless. In a nutshell, they are liquid under any market condition and they can never go to zero. These are tangible assets that you can hold in your hand. And they're bought and sold all over the world. They're valued and recognized globally. And the gold and silver, although it may be running flat right now and we are anticipating great gains, again, the mere fact that it cannot fall to zero or go bust like some stocks, this is a resounding reason for looking at the market Looking at the precious metal sector, yes, it's undervalued versus overvalued stocks. If you look at the U.S. stock market right now, it's the most overvalued stock market in the world versus emerging markets. It's totally disconnected. If you look at the trends of the S&P now to the S&P in 1921, it's lockstep. This market is a bubble territory. Gold and silver are not bubbles. They're insulating your wealth, but position uh, to 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 go up dramatically higher. So, you know, just to summarize that, Jeremy, I think this is a very important topic to really um, get into how to avoid counterparty risk properly and safely. Well, before we jump back into counterparty risk, you were talking about stock markets being in bubble territory. What, what would you say to someone who's looking at the price of gold and it's trading at an all-time high at around two thousand dollars an ounce, or just under the all-time high? I mean, isn't it? Isn't it? expensive or isn't it very high priced right now no absolutely not it's i think what we're seeing right now gold reactioning reacting to the narrative of um higher for longer we're seeing it trading flat but we saw it hitting hitting all-time highs when the u.s federal reserve who they they have stopped hiking interest rates and because it is because we're seeing bank failures we're looking at all regional banks it's an entire mess March 11th is when the U.S. Federal Reserve, the funding program ends. Gold is just on the back foot and the back burner. We have retraced a bit, but
But the minute that the U.S. has to cut interest rates, this is when you'll see all-time highs. We're going to be heading into territories that we have never seen before, looking at the, the third cycle, looking at the cup-and-handle technical setup that we have a 20-year chart very strong chart showing gold has tremendous topside potential and we're talking about um you know 14 times from where we are uh, when where we were in 2016 this will put gold around 15,000 now so if you feel that gold is at you know it's too high right now you have to look at other markets and look at other markets that have that have run up when the participation is so low right now in precious metals, this has only one way to go. The support has shown 2000 to be very strong, 1980, um, even 1900, very strong support levels. And where we're going into in, into this, you know, the latter part of 20, mid to latter part 2024, we're getting closer to, and closer to the day the U.S. cuts rates. And that's it. Because, look, two, two three weeks ago, um, the Federal Reserve Chairman, Jay Powell, was on... Uh, <laughs> He was. Uh, did you see him on 60 Minutes, Jeremy? Pardon? He was on 60 Minutes on CBS. Yes. It was literally yes. like prime time. Seven. Let's wheel out the man. Let's talk about how we can't. We're not going to raise rates in March. Let's not raise rates in May. And when the market opened up on Monday, the U.S. yields went up. Obviously, because if you're talking about, you know, that's, you're talking about keeping the dollar pretty relevant. Relevant. Um, but he also said some crazy stuff. He used the word unsustainable being being thrown right. around and he said this in the long run the u.s federal government is on an unsustainable fiscal path and that just means that the debt is growing faster than the economy so it is unsustainable he's this is this is his words and he said i don't think that's at all controversial and i think we know that we have to get back on a sustainable fiscal path and i couldn't believe that he said that but the market obviously overlooked that but here at the Real Money Show, we're going to pick up on these sound bites and really talk about what he really felt. He was really portraying himself on primetime news. And, you know, I also think that as far as the current price of gold is concerned, I think it's also relative to uh, how much money is being printed, how much debt is being created. And if you think about where gold was back in 2011 versus how much money and how much more debt there is since 2011, I mean, I, I believe the, the U.S. debt's probably more than doubled since that time. So if you think about it that way, you can also say, okay, well, then relative to any anything else that we have to price in those dollars, prices will, will continue to rise. And we're waiting on the trigger for precious metals or we're waiting on the trigger for gold. But, you know, and we're going to talk about this in the next segment. What are going to be the triggers that push gold higher. We've talked about one today being uh, a, a move by the Federal Reserve, but there's other triggers that can happen. And we've got, uh, we've got uh, entities around the world calling for much, much higher prices on gold specifically, and that's going to drive silver as well this year. So you got to stay with us for this last segment of The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com. Welcome back to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver and the website guildhallwealth.com. Remember, you can hold physical gold and silver in a registered account. It's yours. No counterparty risk. You own it. You have an allocated account. It's fully segregated from all other holdings at the vault. It's held in a vault outside the banking system, but still within your RSP. And the bonus when you put money into it, when you do your contribution to an RSP this year and you get a rebate, 
if you can get even a 30% rebate, then that is a rebate against the cost of your metals. So if you like the prices of the metals now, wait till you're getting a rebate back on uh, on buying some gold and silver today. Now, Jerry, we were talking. We talked a lot about different things that could happen in the market, and specifically last segment, we were just talking about. Um, you know, maybe there are some that believe that government's going to keep it all together. The markets are going to continue to be great. But you talked about the World Economic Forum and and the idea of a crisis, something like an internet outage, right, which they actually just had in the United States uh, the last couple of days. But there was an article out, and I, I, I put it up on our, on our X. I sent it to you, I think, late last night or early today by Jim Rickards, who is an amazing analyst in the market, written lots of books, Currency Wars, New Case for Gold, things like this. But he was saying there's nothing. (laughs) He was talking about a cascade of crises, Mm -hmm. not just that we're trying to avoid a single crisis, but that there could be a a virtual cascade of crises. So if one doesn't get you, it's the other one that will. Hmm. How did what did you think of that article, and what you know what was your takeaway? My takeaway, I take everything away from Jim Rickards. You know, decades long vet in the market lawyer. Um, he knows what's going on. Amazing writer, and he he summarized the crises at hand, the cascading and the multiple. These are the risks that we talked about that we ha- are trying to insulate ourselves. These are the counterparties that we are trying to trying to avoid, you know, being negatively impacted by. Um, and he summarized that it's, it's a social and infrastructure crises that, that may follow um, along with the political crises that is, um, that is you know, m- moving rapidly. We're moving rapidly towards the election. Are we going to see it? Are we not going to see it? Um, you know, there is the weaponization now of the legal system, it seems like, and we're reading more about this. Um, against political opponents, um, and even new pandemic being promoted, um, you know, all all talking about social unrest. I mean, this is going to be uh, impacting the banks. You know, when there is social unrest, usually it impacts the banks. So that can that can have a big, um, you know, negative impact on us um, municipally here and even um, provincially. But this it can spread quite rapidly. And the introduction of central bank digital currencies, obviously, to you try to control things. Um, and it's causing people to move away from these. And he's just highlighting what we at Guildhall have known about that we discuss at length with, with you know, clients, uh, new clients that are coming to visit for the first time who are bringing these things up to their professionals, their financial planners, and are not, they're not getting the answers that they're looking for. And they're finding peace of mind. They're finding a way to insulate from these risks by owning physical tangible assets outside of these financial markets so i i thought it was a perfect timing for him um, and it was a great piece by jim rickards highly recommended yeah and, and actually for the first time and i've been following for him for more than a decade it was the first time in an article where he was almost insistent that you own a monster box 
Yeah. I've never seen him talk like that. You know, I've seen him talk about owning assets and, you know, anything that's going to store value, property, um, art, um, collectibles. But this was the first time he was actually talking about, you got it, you should own a monster box, which is 500 one ounce silver. In this case, he was talking about silver eagles. But uh, in Canada, we would be looking at the one ounce silver maples. Now, let's, let's, bring that together and bolster that with the information that just came out of Japan. Because in some ways, the article that they posted, I put that on X2, you probably have it with you there, Jerry, that they basically kind of said the same thing. They said, if one doesn't, if one crisis doesn't get you, it's going to be the other. It is going to be the other. We have, you know, the amount of debt the debt balloon that is happening in the world, they have printed and overprinted the currency into oblivion now that the the cost to service the interest and in all that debt in the U.S. is now probably in line with the defense budget, probably exceeding the defense budgets. Um, and this is a huge issue because you know other countries hold the U.S. the U.S. dollar, U.S. Treasury, and what are the chances? How? How solvent is the United States in paying off these debts? Um, the solvency is a huge issue, and it's calling a lot of countries to move, move away from the usage of the U.S. dollar and even the financial system in the U.S., which is at risk, and moving away from the SWIFT system. So despite you know calls for keeping rate height, re- rates higher for longer, inflation is still around, and it's causing you know gold to react resiliently, and we're seeing... Uh, companies and countries. Uh, this this particular company is Mitsubishi and uh, J- Japan's largest bank. Um, they're voicing their concerns and they've voiced their support for physical assets and commodities. And they just released a note, Jeremy, or you were just reported that through X. And and they were calling for twenty three hundred dollar gold this year. Um, and they basically don't see any pathway where it doesn't get to 2300. They were looking at, you know, interest rates, recession, um, any manner of events. Um, It's a really, really interesting quick article uh, where they just point out a few things and they say, listen, if it isn't one, it's going to be the other, so be prepared. I thought that was very interesting, and I also thought it was interesting just how adamant they were about $2,300 gold. Now, they're not the first people to be calling for $2,300 or even $2,200 gold, which, you know, it's it's over, it's over a 20% gain plus, which is not strange in this market, especially when you're talking about a turbulent or uh, fragile economic system. So we've definitely seen those type of numbers before. That could really be a major turning point for silver. Because so if too. gold gets into 21, 2200 range, you're looking at silver being pulled up over $30. And once we get up over $30 in silver, it's going to be a whole new game. And you're going to start to see major, major gains in the silver market. So I think it's the lull before the storm. I think this is a great opportunity for savvy uh, people who are looking to protect themselves. And as I said earlier in the show, you know, dollars tight. You know, you've mm-hmm. got to be really careful with where you're putting your money these days. Do you want to put it into overvalued stocks? They could go up. Hey, they could go up. But, you know, most people don't understand, Jerry, that inflation kills wealth. You know, the, the government wants you to believe that 2% inflation is a good thing, that somehow every decade you should be losing 20% of your purchasing power. That's mm-hmm. ridiculous. And you know they're lying. 
you know that inflation's higher than that. So, so what, you have to go out and take risk? You don't have to go out and take risk. Gold's up 400% in the last 20 years in Canadian dollars. It's only had three down years in the last 20 years. So not volatile, great place to store wealth. Um, it's not an investment. There's no counterparty risk. And this is why we're very encouraged by what we're seeing. And if you know what's going to happen, you don't have to be scared. You take advantage of the opportunities around you. That's Jerry, right. last, last few moments. Yeah, in a, t- in a case where we are seeing two tales of two medias, where we have one citing recession is here and the other saying no recession is here, the time to hedge against this uncertainty is now. You don't want to wait. You don't want to wait for the, for the train to leave. You don't want to wait for the ounces to leave. This is, this is the time to allocate towards a physical holdings of physical precious metals outside of the banking system. Central banks are doing it. Uh, you know, Stanley Druckenmiller, who put a bet on gold last week, he's dumping tech stocks. Tech bubble is, 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 is ramping up. Uh, the U.S. is blowing the bubble through the record immigration. We're seeing Canadian record immigration, record deficit spending, fueling inflation. The market is being hepped up, hep, hep, you know, kept up by seven, the magnificent seven stocks. This market is at extremes, and you can beat the crowd or you can follow the crowd over the cliff. This is the time to jump into precious metals. The number one eight seven seven eight silver. The website guildhallwealth.com. Jerry, thank you so much. That was a lot of fun, and thank you to our listeners for joining us this week. And we can't wait to speak to you next week here on the Real Money Show on six forty Toronto.